Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we release concept art for Wa Mark and Wa Patrick. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the news from the week, including concept art for Wa Peach, some sort of evil princess uh, surfacing on the internet. And then on Thursday, uh, it's gaming's biggest night, Mark. That's right. It's the fourth annual Cartridge Society Awards. I already have my tux laid out. Yeah, as my, do I. My top hat. Um, like properly fluffed mm -hmm. and top e. Uh huh. And I've booked a double decker limo for us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna be riding to. Where are we hosting the uh, the the Cardies this year? Ooh, I we haven't actually found a venue okay, yet. Well, so we'll that's find probably something. It may be coming to you live on. from the double decker limo, uh -huh. which I think is cool. That could be fun. More there's mobile... a hot tub in the back. Yeah, totally. More mobile award shows, please. Yeah. It could be on like boats or something, right? It, I, it certainly could be. Okay, we're we're gonna find a great venue that maybe I mean maybe it'll be on a plane. It might be best yeah. for the uh, this year's Cardies to be in international waters. <laughs> I I mean, kind of always true, but uh, yeah, I mean I I expect that we will be delivering such scorching hot takes in the form of awards being handed out that uh, it, it would be best if law enforcement cannot <laughs> legally enforce anything upon us. Yeah, I just think it's um, it's best for all involved. It's it's the best night of the year. Um, you know, the, 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 the brightest superstars come out to shine. Um, but if you would like to support us in, in our endeavor to recognize uh, greatness within the uh, video game industry, you can go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. And if you choose to support us there on the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you can get access to our once-a-month episodes of miniseries. Uh, we just revisited NCS Detective Club, where we talked about, what's the name of this episode of uh, Murder, She Wrote? A Christmas Secret. A Christmas Secret. Uh, here's a little tease for this episode of Murder, She Wrote that we talked about. Uh, no murder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the secret that there is no murder. There's a, there are other secrets as well. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, but yeah, so we have an entire miniseries of NCS Detective Club where we're talking about the greatest detective shows on television. And then we have a second miniseries that is NCS Goes Broadway, where we're talking about uh, Broadway musicals. And then in January, I'm really excited for this, we're going to be starting NCS Arcade, where Patrick and I will be playing games available on Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack that we've never beaten before. And we're starting with The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap, which I have been playing. And Whoa. I am really excited to talk about this game in January. Uh, fantastic. I'm very excited about it. If you are also uh, playing along, uh, check out the Discord. We're going to be adding a channel there where you can have, uh, you can start discussion about it. We will incorporate some feedback from people uh, about how they're enjoying the game, what they love about it, what they're frustrated by, uh, and basically, it's just going to be a, a fun exploration of a Zelda game that we don't know very well. Uh, you can, oh, I mentioned it already. The Discord. You got to get in that Discord. Email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. We will send you an invitation. You can talk about Nintendo stuff and the show and whatever else is going on in that Discord. Mark, 
Are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with the Tetris Maximus Cup, because that's where we overlap in our experience this last week. Um, I assume that you played it, got the uh, the theme. Yeah, that's right. It's a yeah. WarioWare Move It theme. Yeah. How did you feel about this theme in general? Uh, you know, I've got to say, I thought the music for it was some of the most like appropriate, like best mm. Tetris 99 Maximus Cup music. It's, it's uh, appropriate to Tetris 99. Yes. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was nice. Yeah. I uh, I did not listen to it much. I uh, like put it on a little bit and then was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like listen to a podcast while I, I knock out these these rounds. I obviously still like and love Tetris 99. I've played so much of that game now that it's hard not for me for me to not view it as a chore. Um, yeah, I can totally see that. I have 495 hours in Tetris 99. That's a lot. That's of a Tetris lot. 99. That's a lot of Tetris 99. Uh, but yeah, earned earned that uh, earned, earned that theme, um, and happy to have it in the uh, in, in the collection. I've also continued to play Super Mario RPG. Uh, I'm slowly making progress in it. You know, I've started playing Minish Cap, and so that's taking up my time. I, I'm still enjoying Super Mario RPG. One thing I think is really funny about it is you have the character designs that are all based in, like, the Mushroom Kingdom or characters that fit in with the Mushroom Kingdom. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like Mallow, I feel like Gino. I feel like a lot of, like, those characters fit within the general look of what I expect from a Mario game. Sure, okay. And then there's, like, boss characters. And these things right. can look like anything. Like, they do not fit the Mario aesthetic at all. So... I, I agree with that in some ways, but, like, are you referring to, like, the weapon enemies, like, the weapon bosses? Uh-huh. Um, like, the part of the Smithy gang? Um, it's funny, like, I, you know, I've obviously lived with these characters for, like, 25 years now, um, but they, to me, feel like they do belong in Mario with Mario. Like, in the same way, and, like, they're they're of their own aesthetic, but to me, they feel like... In the same way that, like, the Brutals fit in the Mario universe. They're their own thing, but they have enough in common where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to mm -hmm. me. And I can see that, like, if you grew up yeah. with them as part of Super Mario yeah. RPG, that it would feel... It just feels like part of it. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I feel like the Brutals feel like the world of Super Mario Odyssey, whereas some of these boss designs, yeah, they... I they mean, don't they, make they are literally me. from outer space. <laughs> right? I mean like that's, that's yeah. canonically that, that that's part of it. Uh -huh. Um so uh, did did you fight uh Bellome in the sewers? This, yeah. This uh -huh. big yellow dog thing. Yes. Yeah. I fought him and I fought the one that like shoots arrows and stops your Yeah, Bower. Yeah, Bower. Bower the one is I'm like, okay, come on guys. Here's the thing about Bower though, is he disables your use of specific buttons. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun part I, of it. That's so fun and funny and like just such a like uh, winkingly aware, um, like fourth wall breaking thing of like no, you, now you can't push this button. I think mm -hmm. is very is very funny. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm liking it. I'm uh, kind of splitting my time between it and Minish Cap, but slow continuing to make progress in it. Okay, but so, but so you have you have Gino. Now. I do have Gino. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, th this is this is wonderful. I'm glad to hear that you are making progress. I gotta say, um, with uh, Mario RPG like being out there again, uh, I'm uh, I, I just 
it makes me hopeful that we can see any of these characters in any other context again. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, you've not uh, yet been exposed to Booster, but you will get to Booster, and then we got to talk about Booster, because I just, there's so much about his life I don't understand that I need to dissect with someone. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, but, like, you know, Mallow, obviously, Gino, obviously. Uh, you went to the, the Yoshi Island, right? Uh -huh. so, so you met uh, Boshi um, with his rad little sunglasses. Oh, yep, yep. Like, I just, I, I want to see more of these, like, very specific characters explored in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, and that th those feel genuinely like, you know, people in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, no, I agree. It's such a uh, uh, weird distinction to make, but I, I agree with you. And I also agree that now that Super Mario RPG has been re-released, mm -hmm. it would be fun to see some of these characters pop up again. Yeah, I mean, like, look, Mario Kart 9 has to be something different. And give me Mallow and Gino and, <laughs> uh, and Boshi. That's different enough for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. Still making your way. Yeah. Funny with um. Uh. We have Boshi this year, mm -hmm. and then next year we'll have like the punk Yoshi from Thousand Year Door. Yeah. That's a um like wrestler. Yeah. It's like kind of the dawn of evil Yoshi, right? <laughs> right. Or the revenge of evil Yoshi. Uh huh. Are those the only two? Are there other evil Yoshi's? Are they evil or do they just have a lot of attitude? Mm. Uh, I could change them. I mean, yeah, they're bad boys, but I'd, like I'd Mark, come on. This is delusional. You can't change Boshi. Boshi won the race against all the other Yoshis uh -huh. and then declared that they couldn't do group races anymore. He said, now we only race one-on-one -on -one because I'm the champion. I make the rules. I mean, that's pretty awesome. No, And they all just want to race. He's depriving them all of the ability to race together. Oh, he's just called... I'm Sorry, I was looking up what is the name of like the uh, um, bad attitude Yoshi. Yeah. In Thousand Year Door. I think he's just called Yoshi. What? Yeah. Sometimes called Yoshi Kid, apparently. Um, Mark, look. When I'm going off about Boshi, I need your undivided attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. That was... That was I can't, can't have you looking up stuff. <laughs> when I'm Thoughtless of me. Horse. Thoughtless of me. No, no, no. You're right. Uh, I'm excited to meet that Yoshi. I've obviously... Uh, the, the Thousand Year Door Yoshi. I've obviously seen screenshots of him, but I've not played the game. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be... Whenever that game comes out next year, it'll be fun to experience him, too. Um, Mark Pikmin 4. Uh... I feel like I slept on this game. I did too. I own it. Should yeah. I be playing this game? Uh, yes, you absolutely should. Um, it is so many game experiences in one, um, and it's so patient at like deploying the other like angles to itself. Like early on, it uh, it gives you both the sort of like open areas to explore and the individual caves that you have. Uh, more time to just like kind of do these sort of compact uh, problem solving, almost puzzle solving of like these cave dungeon areas, right? So you get these like two different flavors of Pikmin. One that's more like here's a big space, you have limited time to explore it, and like here's less space, you have more time to explore it, right? Um, so those two dynamics present from the beginning. But as it goes on and you start to level up Ochi, so you're like gaining new abilities and there's almost like a uh, like Metroidvania-esque uh, gaining of abilities that grant you access to more things more quickly. Um, and you are rescuing other members of like, you know, the like Olimar species. Um, and they're all like added to your camp and they, they are giving you uh, more like mini games to play, more like 
challenges where it's like you got to do this thing but faster or this thing but with only this kind of pikmin or whatever um and it just uh, and like the the nighttime mode which gets introduced after again after you rescue one of these guys um where which is like a tower defense sort of thing um and that like every time you start a new day you're like what flavor of this experience am i going to have and uh you know progress is gated behind how much of the sparklium you uh you you gather and sparklium is just in all of the collectibles right um but you don't need a super high percentage of sparklium to unlock the next area move on to the next uh zone so like you can really just engage with the parts of it that you are having fun with um i have gotten to the point now where i'm like it's all fun to me i want to do it all but i can do it in whatever order you know where i'm like this is going to be a night where i just do night missions or this is going to be uh, a night where i'm like just going back down into those like dungeons and like those, those caves uh and i just think it's phenomenal like i just it's really really good um and it makes me want to like revisit the three previous pikmin games and be like what was i missing like why wasn't it whatever wasn't clicking for me before can i just go back to them now with the knowledge that pikmin 4 is good um and just like hang on to the other ones i feel like what so uh i haven't played pikmin 4 but i read the ask a developer yeah that nintendo published around the release of pikmin 4 and i feel like what you're describing I don't know that you would find it to this degree in the previous three games mm -hmm. because I think it's something that they identified as important for Pikmin 4 and leaned into. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that, that's great. I, I, the thing is, I'm having so much fun with, uh, and part of it is the way that they do present those like different kinds of challenges, but also just that like I'm in all of them enough now where I'm like, even if the game were just one of these. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, it has taught me, like, by giving me the variety, it has taught me that each of these flavors is good. It's the Neapolitan thing, right? Like, you, you learn to love Neapolitan, and then you can have uh, just chocolate because you love it as part of Neapolitan, right? <laughs> is that how that I works? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken, though. Right, right, right. Yeah. Look, I, I, I jumped at an analogy, and, <laughs> and I feel like I landed it. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, I've been... Uh, having Pikmin dreams, um, and I just like uh, I'm just like I'm I'm it is occupying my brain space in a way that uh, like I I know that when a game gets there in my brain I'm like oh yes this is part of me now forever. The fact that you haven't talked about it makes me think that it's not an issue at all. But how does it control? Great, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, really, really good and like intuitive um, with uh, you know controlling like the the reticle that you're um, using to either like blow the whistle to grab the Pikmin or to like toss them doing that with the right stick, but also um, like just like the kind of tilt controls to uh, like, you know, sort of fine tune those things, but also like you toss a Pikmin in like a general direction and like, they know what they're doing, right? Like they, they if they're close to an enemy, they'll attack it. If they're close to something they can pick up, they'll pick it up. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it, it controls great. It looks great. Uh, I find that I'm uh, just like in love with the the, the music now, um, and uh, you know there's there's not a ton of music or at least not a lot of uh, melodic music. Um, it's really like relegated to um, times when there are like uh, particularly interesting enemies or like uh, we're getting to sunset or like the beginning of the day or whatever. Um, 
but otherwise it's just sort of like chill ambient music where I'm just like, yeah, let's just live in this Pikmin world. Also, I fought an enemy, uh, a, a boss in the uh, in the third zone uh, where like the, the cave that he's at the bottom of is called something like Underground Discotheque or something like that. Um, and he is like a DJ orb thing where like um, he stomps around in time to the music um, and it's just like, it's this cool like club tune. I don't know. I really, really enjoyed it. And he was hard. So I died a bunch of times. Um, but every single time I was like, all right, let's get back into this. That sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if this, this uh, fe- is feeling revelatory to me of like, Look out, Patrick! You like Pikmin. Are you close? Are you like finished with the game? Are you close to being? I'm, finished? I'm not. I'm. I'm not finished with it yet. Uh, like you know, as, as soon as soon as I like started to wrap my heart around the the whole thing, I was like, oh, I want to clear out all of these areas uh, as I go. So um, I uh, unlocked kind of a while ago the uh, the final area, and the final area is just the area where Olimar is. Um, and then I know that there are other areas after that, but like that'll if you complete that, you'll roll credits. Um, so I just haven't gone to it yet because I've been so uh, focused on clearing out all of the other areas. Um, but yeah, next time I turn it on, I'm I'm going uh, I'm going into the house. Um, and it's also just like fun as you go to be like, oh yeah, so that that was the garden. This is like this area by the stream, uh, and now I'm like heading into the 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 home itself. Um, is all very like fun and and cute and compelling that sounds that does sound really fun um it, do you think that that is a uh a, a game or a series that that you will ever uh revisit like you said you own it yeah you talking about you talking about your experience with it makes me much more interested in playing it i was actually i'm kind of like scheduling in my head when i might have time to do it right maybe it'll be like a february thing y- yeah oh you you're not playing uh mario versus donkey kong I, I I think I think Mario versus Donkey Kong is going to be a game that I buy mm-hmm. and I mess around with for like an hour or two, right. and then we'll have my fill. Yes. So Pikmin Four might be a good thing to um, have on hand as well. Yeah, to fill fill some of that time. I mean, just uh, I I just think it is such a wonderful uh, like chill game, uh, and when you choose to engage with its challenges, like you're opting into those challenge moments, uh, but you can totally have like stress free game experiences with it that sounds great yeah uh what more does one need all right mark uh though that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week today tuesday december 5th fitness boxing fifth of fist of the north star Ooh, take it again released. take it again without the stumble <laughs> Fitness Boxing, Fist of the North Star. Yeah! His release. Uh, this game made me laugh when it was announced at like a Nintendo Direct in February yep. of last year or something. Maybe it was one of the more recent ones. No, I think I, I, I think this is an old one. Because um, I, I, I believe that we talked about it um, in our... Wait. Yeah, I no, can't I, remember. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I can't remember when it was announced, yeah. but it feels like it's been a while. It yeah, was in a it Nintendo Direct, yeah. and when it showed up, I remember thinking it was very funny. We were hooting and hollering. And uh, now, it, now it's here. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, December 7th, Outer Wilds Archaeologist Edition is released. Um, this was featured in a Nintendo Direct also many years ago, and is now, I say also, 
knowing, like, I actually know when Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star was revealed. Feels uh, like it was a long time ago. It does, it does feel like it was a long time ago. But also, I just want to, uh, I, I want to loop back around to the question here. Fitness Boxing Fist of the, Fist of the North Star, it is hard to say. Um, uh, we have the note here uh, in our in our show notes that it's the retail version. Uh, and also the Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star expansion pack is also coming out the same day. Oh, so is it possible that it was previously released digitally and is now just being released and physically? Is, yes. Yeah. Let me see if I can that, quickly that, Google that's this. That's my hypothesis. I'll start talking about Boshi for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, this is the perfect time. Let's see... Yes. In fact, it has been so long since it was released digitally. March 2nd, 2023. Ooh! So yeah, all of this is coming together. Uh-huh. Um, but we can still be excited that Fitness Boxing, Fist of the North Star, is being released on retail. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, uh, and then there's also, uh, just as long as we're shouting out DLC, uh, there's Disney Dreamlight Valley, A Rift in Time, uh, also coming out on uh, t- Tuesday. Yes. And then uh, Outer Wilds Archaeologist Edition yes. featured in the most recent Indie World Showcase after it had been revealed at a, I want to say, Nintendo Direct in like 2001. By mm-hmm. 2001, I mean 2021. That'd be a big difference. Sure. Um, and I know Outer Wilds is a really great game. I know it's available on every other platform. But uh, I might pick this one up to yeah, eventually cool. play. And then on Friday, December 8th, Star Wars Heritage Pack which we talked about in a news episode a few weeks ago, is just a collection of all of Aspire's Star Wars games that they've released digitally already uh, are, is, will now be available at retail, but I think it's just a download code? Probably. That you're probably just buying a uh, a thing with a code in it, yeah. or maybe like one of the games is actually on, on the, the cart, if there is a cart. Um yeah, I, I bought oh, this. Oh, no, I remember this. Hold on, let me... Yeah. Uh, it's, like, all of them but, Probably. like, Knights of the Old Republic 2 or something. Yeah, I mean, it might be uh, both of the Knights uh, of the... Knights uh, uh, of the High the Republic. Old, well, old Republic. Old Republic. Old Republic, that's where I'm getting tripped up. Um, uh, yeah, I, I bought this a while ago. Again, like, just uh, um, they're the digital version at any rate. Uh, as always, like, buyer beware on these things that the... Um, Knights of the Old Republic 2 uh, will not have the restored uh, DLC content uh, that um, that they had promised when it was originally released. And if you buy this, their sort of like make good was that they would uh, let you download another one of these games in the Heritage Pack for free. But if you're buying the whole Heritage Pack, uh, there's not another one for you to get. And you were right. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2 require downloads. But uh, The Force Unleashed, Republic Commando, Episode 1 Racer, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Jedi Knight Je- 2, Jedi Outcast are included on the card. Right. Uh, and it stands to reason that there is just more recorded dialogue in the Knights of the Old Republic games. Um, all right. Uh, so those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. 
Mark, uh, recently Sarah and I watched Home Alone, uh, and so you and I now are going to rank the McAllisters. This is the family from Home Alone. And are we are we ranking Kevin McAllister, the kid who has left Home Alone, are we ranking his immediate family? Are we ranking the extended family? So here's what I think we should do. I think we should start at the top. Start at number one and then like kind of work our way down because they get forgettable pretty quick, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think we should uh, open this up to all McAllisters. Okay. So there may be some like table setting that needs to be done here first. Who are the McAllisters? How many of them are there, um, and who do they belong to, right? Right. Um, so there's Kevin McAllister, right? That's the uh, main character of, of the film, Macaulay Culkin. His parents are Peter and Kate, Kate played by Catherine O'Hara, uh, uh, and then he has four siblings, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. Hmm. Okay? And Buzz, we all know, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that, that's an obvious one. Jeff is... a uh, the actor who plays Big Pete from Pete and Pete, right? Linny is the one who calls him Les Incompetents in the first movie. And then there's Megan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's that's like the the like sort of uh, immediate okay. McAllister family. Uh-huh. But then Peter has a, a brother. Peter has two brothers, right? The one brother who goes on vacation with them in both these movies is Frank and his wife, Leslie. They also have, Mark, believe it or not, five kids. Those kids are... Uh, Tracy, kind of no personality, no, no, not characterized in the movies. Rod, Rod is the like the kid with glasses who uh, is like hanging out with Buzz at the beginning of the movie. When Buzz is like, you ever hear the South Bend Shovel Slayer? And then the kid goes, no. And Buzz goes, that's him. That that's Rod who's like hanging out there. Uh, and then there's Sandra who's not really uh, characterized. Brooke who is like a a young one with glasses and Fuller. Who is, of course, Kieran Culkin, and if Fuller doesn't go easy on the Pepsi, he's going to wet the bed, right? Right. And then, of course, there's uh, Peter's other brother, Rob. He's the one who lives in France that they're going to visit. Uh, Rob is married to Georgette, because, again, he lives in France. (laughs) And they have four kids. uh, Only one of them is named. That's Heather. Heather goes to school in Chicago, which is why she's traveling with the rest of the McAllisters. Back to France. I see. Okay. Yeah. You know, it must be tough for Heather to live in Paris because there's no, like, th, like, th sound in French. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what, what do they call her? Heather. 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 Yeah. Um, well, that seems like a nightmare. Uh, let's start at the top uh, and uh, rank our, 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 our number one McAllister. I feel like this one's easy. It's Kevin, right? It's Kevin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there could be another uh, another number one Kevin. And I also, or McAllister, I think number two is also easy. Kate. It's Kate. Yeah. 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 The mom. They're, they're, they're one and two. Uh-huh. No question. After that, I think it gets hazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that, you're like, okay, I remember these people from the movie. And it <laughs> is Buzz. Right. Um, Fuller. Right. And the list kind of is Frank, maybe? I feel like I remember Frank. Do you not remember uh, Jeff and Linny from this like scene in the beginning of the movie where they're teasing Kevin about, like, mom's going to pack your suitcase, oh, you Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. I do, yeah. Um, and also, like, uh, Jeff just being, and I uh, forget the actor's name, but uh, the actor who plays Big Pete on Pete and Pete, um, 
That goes a long way towards uh, me liking it. And he's at least recognizable. He's at least recognizable. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, like have a soft spot for Heather um, because she's like the grown-up kid, right? She's the one who does like the head count. Oh, so she's responsible, really, for Kevin being left behind. Yeah, absolutely. I well, mean, also that kid who's like <laughs> in the van, like scavenging their stuff. I mean, ultimately, the parents are responsible for it. That's an act but, of God. But, I mean, yeah, really? no, you're right. <laughs> the you're right. Insurance out. wouldn't yeah. cover it. That's yeah. right. That's right. Insurance would not cover it. Okay, okay. So number one, Kevin. Number two, Kate. Number three. Uh, Here's the thing. I feel like we have to give it to Buzz. Yeah, even though you're he's right. such a son of a bitch. Yeah, you're right. But all of the characters here are now just going to be like varying degrees of obnoxious. I guess. I mean, like Heather's not obnoxious. I guess that's true. But yeah, kind of everyone after that is is pretty bad. Okay, okay. We're putting Buzz at number three. We're putting Buzz at number three. Okay. Uh, and then four. Where do we go for number four? Well, let's put let's put poor Heather at number four. <laughs> okay, great. And then we'll put Jeff at number five. <laughs> okay, great. Lenny at number six. Uh-huh. And then I think we got to throw Fuller in here. Yeah, Fuller at number seven. Okay, great. Uh, ooh, okay, well, I guess we'll never know how the rest of that goes. <laughs> uh, that's about as far, I think, as we wanted to rank those characters anyway, right? We were accompanied today by the Randolph College Chamber Orchestra. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Fumahide Aoki, the original designer of Waluigi, shared images on his Instagram of some drawings he did of a potential Wapeach character. Wapeach was originally pitched for Mario Tennis 64, but the drawings were done during the development of the GameCube game Mario Power Tennis. Okay. Set the internet aflame. Uh-huh. Right? People want a Wa Peach. I think the appetite for evil Mario Princess, very high. Very high. Because people, crazy about Bowsette. Uh-huh. Not real. Not real. Not real in any capacity. This Wa Peach, at some point, real in some capacity. Real in some capacity. Aoki says that he's not sure why the design was ultimately scrapped. I think... Part of the problem is that Wapeach is too cool. Ah, yes. In these drawings, because, like, Waluigi's a loser. Mm-hmm. Wario's a loser. Yes. But Wapeach in this just looks really cool. She does just look cool. Like, that, that, that is the issue. She's got, like, a black leather aesthetic and, like, enormous boots. Uh-huh. Like, she's cool. Yeah. She's just cool. There's one image of her, instead of holding a normal tennis racket, holding, like, an axe. I don't yeah. know. Kind of has like like a, a Beetlejuice type thing going for me. Do you know what I mean? Going for you? <laughs> this as she's holding the axe, she looks like an itchy and scratchy character. To oh me. yeah, yeah. I totally see that. But yeah, I I mean I I think that's part of the problem with the character. Yeah, is too how, cool. Yeah, is too cool. Also, it should probably come as absolutely zero surprise that since his posts went viral and got picked up everywhere. Aoki has made his Instagram private and deleted the post regarding Wapeach. Right. He was probably gently or not so gently reminded that he signed an NDA when he started working with Nintendo and was never to reveal this stuff. I also imagine that he, um, you know, was just previous to this living a normal, quiet, ordinary life where he would occasionally post drawings or things of interest to him. But he just unfortunately happened to post... Something that 
uh, there's a frenzy for on the internet. Yeah. And I bet right. his life was a living hell. Yeah. For, from the moment he posted it. I mean, what he did was he had been sitting on for decades the uh, the One Ring, right? <laughs> right. It was a, it was in a, a, an envelope on his mantle, uh, and there it rested forever. And then one day last week, he puts the ring on, and bam, Eye of Sauron <laughs> zooms in on him. That's what happened. No, it's true. I mean, I think he was probably completely unaware of these corners of the internet. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he was just living his life. Yeah. And then he posts, innocently posts this one image. Oh, I'm not sure why we didn't ever use these. Yep. These are kind of cool, these right? These are kind of fun. I will share this with the world. Right. Big mistake. Huge mistake. Yep. Don't share anything. Nope. Keep yourself bottled up. <laughs> anything you do to express yourself, make sure no one sees it. Uh, Mark, what, what, what is your... So, obviously, I spent a lot of this, uh, the beginning of this episode, being like, Let's get some of these crazier characters uh, in here. Uh, what what do you what do you think? Like, is there first of all, there's no universe where the the fact that this character has been like uh, sort of exposed now as like uh, something that was in the mix 20 years ago uh, makes me think we will ne- she will never see the light of day. I definitely don't think we'll ever see a version like this. Yeah, I also think I don't know why. Do you um because. Yeah, I guess you could have, like, a grotesque version of Wapich. But I feel like... Or, you know, of Peach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's what this is missing. This is just a cute character design. Right, It's It's missing anything that makes it... I mean, I guess maybe, like, the evil part of it is what they were trying to lean into, but that doesn't come across. That's interesting. For whatever reason, like, the grotesque parts of Wario and Waluigi don't feel mean to me. Like, mean to the characters. But making a grotesque wa peach, I don't know that you can do it in good taste, right? Like, I think there's always going to be something, like, a little bit offensive or off-putting about, like, whatever you have to do to design a grotesque princess. And I feel like they kind of accomplished what you would want out of a wa peach with uh, Rabbit Peach in the Mario Plus Rabbit series. Sure, yeah. Because um, that's not, like, grotesque, but... Right, no, but, but it like has behaviorally. Like a, yeah, it's behaviorally grotesque. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, that's very that's very interesting. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the reaction to these illustrations of Wapich are a good example of why like Wapich didn't doesn't work in this iteration. Yeah, people like her too much. Yeah, there's just something like yeah. missing. Yeah. Um and she'd have to be a loser. And that that just feels like really hard to accomplish. Yeah. And we already got two of those. Maybe more. Who else of, of the Mario and Friends is a loser? Toad. Oh, that's, you know, you don't like to hear that, but you know it's true. <laughs> uh hi. Bowser Jr., of course. But of course, yeah. Kind of, it feels kind of rude to call a kid a loser. I, 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 some, sometimes it's true. Look, we were just ranking the McAllisters, and we got to say Fuller, a loser. <laughs> the Bowser Jr. of his family. That's right. Could Microsoft's Game Pass eventually end up on Nintendo hardware? <laughs> Did we not do enough time on Wapich? <laughs> Does it feel like <laughs> like the earth has shifted and we are just, we, we are like, oh yeah, I guess the earth moved. And, and now we're like moving on to Microsoft. <laughs> I, it is interesting that it was explored to this detail. Yes. Although I guess we don't really know. So I put one illustration in yeah. here yeah, yeah. and then there were other illustrations shared. So, obviously, some amount of thought was put into it, but I wonder, like, how far down that road they actually went. Like, yeah. how far into yeah, consideration totally. 
did Wapich actually make it? Yeah, well, and like it's it's also just one of those things where you're like, how many other characters get pitched for these things that we'll never uh, see, that we'll never like even be able to conceptually wrap our heads around? Right. Uh, this is one that made it through the maze and uh, found its way out. Uh, and think of all the other skeletons at dead ends, right? Yeah, and also like Wapich. Um, okay, so let's consider a scenario with Mario Tennis 64 where Wapich did exist. Okay. And was like, um, yeah, who, who, what would the purpose of Wapich be? Not the tennis partner for Wal for Wario? Uh, I mean, but he has Waluigi. Right, but in this world, but does guess, he not? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's it, is that uh, you get a Wapich instead of a Waluigi. Also, nobody would believe for a second. I mean, yeah, nobody would believe for a second, except maybe in the like CBS sitcom sort of way mm. that like Wapich would be romantically interested in Wario. Right. Yeah. No, they're they're pretty good about never giving Wario a romantic interest. Yeah. Do you think they also would would never do uh, Wapich now because her name starts with Wap, and like that song? <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd have to think about it. I think it, they'd for really, sure. really have to figure it out. Yeah. Because that's an issue. Yeah. Definitely. Because what I was going to say is like, oh, is there Wah? Is Wah Peach like Peach's tennis partner? And so Daisy doesn't. I mean, now like, Rosalina needs a, a tennis partner, right? Right. Yeah. Unless we have someone else from space. Aluma. Rosalina's tennis partner should be Gino. Rosalina's tennis partner should be Gino. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be fun. So on whatever the next switch is, the Mario Tennis, uh, <laughs> still don't have a home for Wapich. But again, I don't think they can use that name. I don't think they could either. And so maybe it's just best to leave it there. Yeah. Okay. The Earth has moved. We've acknowledged the Earth moving. <laughs> could Microsoft's Game Pass eventually end up on Nintendo hardware? Unsurpr unsurprisingly, I feel unsurprisingly. like. It sounds like Microsoft... Yeah, would like love to see that happen in the same way that they would love to acquire Nintendo, right? When yes. they're talking about like yes. what is the ultimate ultimate end game here, I'm sure they're like, yeah, it'd be great to have Game Pass on everything, but it also seems like there are no current plans for that to happen. So first, the hopes. Yes. At the Wells Fargo TMT Summit, Xbox CFO Tim Stewart had this to say on the subject: "Quote, it's a bit of a change of strategy." Not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first-party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs. That means mobile devices. That means that we would have that we would have thought of as. Com I don't know what that means. That what we would, would have, thought have thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. So okay. I know that this quote from an event that happened very recently is saying it's a bit of a change in strategy. Is it? They've always said that Game Pass is the, like, portal into Xbox from as many screens as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I don't have here what the, like, question was yeah. or anything like that. But, yeah, that is a good point. I mean, I feel like there were rumors three or four years ago yes. about them like talking to Nintendo about putting Game Pass on Switch. Um but yeah, it doesn't feel like a change of strategy. It feels like the they strategy, have been talking about right. for a while yeah. that like you will continue to make our hardware, like how Microsoft makes Surface devices, 
but that there are also a lot of other places that you can buy window devices. There'd be a lot of other places that you could buy, you could play game cast plus right, right. game pass games. Yep. 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 So this, of course, uh, got people talking. Mm-hmm. So just a few days later, not in, like Wapich talking, <laughs> but no, like right. no. No, uh, the Wells Fargo TMT Summit did not have to shut down their social media <laughs> after this. What if they did? Yeah. Just a few, so just a few days later, mm-hmm. in an interview with Windows Central, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer threw cold water on the idea, mm. saying, I'll start by saying we have no plans to bring Game Pass to PlayStation or Nintendo. It's not in our plans. Wow. But I think you hit on the right point of what it means to own an Xbox. The thing I want to be focused on is how do we continue to innovate for people who've made the commitment to our hardware hardware platform? And how do we continue to make sure that they feel great about their investment in what we've built? Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's all just kind of part of um, what is what is their platform, right? Is the platform Game Pass or is the platform Xbox? And obviously they want to, or at least uh, as far as uh, Phil Spencer's comment is concerned, he wants people who bought the hardware to feel as though they've invested in something that is rewarding them in some way. But like, I don't know, it to me feels like the platform is Game Pass, right? Like that's where that's where all of their new stuff is day and date as part of subscribing to the platform. That's the advantage of the Xbox or of just like being in that ecosystem. Yeah, it feels to me that both of these things are true. Sure. That in the immediate... It's not in their plans to put Game Pass on PlayStation or Game Pass on Nintendo. But I also think what the CFO was saying is true, where, yeah, they wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, they, they clearly are envisioning the future where that is an option. Yeah. Or something that they could pursue in the future. I wonder, like, just what sort of, what it would take to put it on those on those other platforms. And it feels like it would just be a ton of money feels like a ton of money and in playstation's case maybe like regulatory action totally yeah um because you don't like playstation would not want to have another service a competing service that allows you to stream games for you know no money to playstation that they're also selling on the playstation store right when there was the apple versus epic trial yeah a few years ago and then there's also the google versus epic trial that's like going on currently you know part of i my memory of the apple trial was that they set aside video game consoles and weren't really like considering that yeah but you could imagine a world where that that is these locked down app stores are brought into the same conversation as hey should you know like these stores be allowed to be locked down? Yeah. Walled gardens? And in a world where the answer is no, that, like none of these should allow, be allowed to be that, you could see Xbox putting an app on, you know, yeah, the true. Nintendo eShop if it's capable of doing so. Right, and then uh, Nintendo just being like, well, we don't like it, but what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. Developer Level 5 the prof- uh, of Professor Layton and Yokai Watch fame held its Level 5 Vision 2023-2 event last week. DECA Police announced in the February 2023 Nintendo Direct for release in 2023 has been delayed to 2024 or beyond. The title card says post 2024. Right. Which to me means 
2025 or beyond. And then there was some, uh, I saw some clarification or at least other posting on like social media that it is coming in 2024. So I don't know if the messaging got mixed up. I don't know who's wrong. Right. But it's at least not coming until 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and like, you know, the, which, you know, it's, December 2023 right now we've not had any kind of update uh except for this uh, uh vision showcase um so you know this is something that sort of like popped up in my brain uh, uh, uh just a little bit before the um the showcase being like hey what happened to Deca Police like it's still listed on the Nintendo website as coming out this year obviously I don't think it will or didn't at, at, at the time uh, and it's just kind of, it's nice to get just like a, a, a minor uh, table touch on that just to be like, hey, uh, we, we, know, we know you're still waiting on that deck of police. We'll have that out to you as soon as we can. That's right. Right? Uh, uh-huh. Just uh, a check-in from the level five waiter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, rumors that I were reading, I was reading, were saying that after it got positive impressions as from some shows and stuff, level five decided to turn it into an open world game which it was not previously. Okay. Um, which feels weird that you'd, they'd be like, hey, this game is getting some good impressions. Let's completely change the format of the game. But uh, yeah. Let, yes. Here's the thing that's getting good impressions. Let's change it. Let's yeah. make it. so. That, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, an, an open world is such a, it's not a feature of a game. It's a game type, right? Um, I don't know. I, I, I hope they're not, Messing it up. Yeah, I don't know. The next level five vision is supposed to happen in April. And so maybe we'll get a little more clarity there. Yeah. Why do you think we saw it so early at that Nintendo Direct? I think it was at some point planned for 2023. Yeah. And they like whatever sort of like linear thing they had. uh, They were like, yeah, let's just uh, let's like tease it in the Nintendo Direct. It got a lot of buzz and they were like, wait a minute, let's rescope this thing we've actually got something that, like, Western audiences are interested in. Because, um, like, outside of Nino Kuni, right, there's not really uh, something that outside of, I guess, Professor Layton. Yeah, right? I would say, like, Professor Layton. Yeah. Um, but, like, Yokai Watch doesn't hit over here. So, um, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they're just, like, seizing uh, an opportunity to, you know, do something with the attention they grabbed with that trailer. We also learned that Fantasy Life I, The Girl Who Steals Time, will be released in the summer of 2024. Fantastic title. And uh, Professor Layton, speaking of, and The New World of Steam is not releasing until 2025. Both, I think, were revealed in that February 2023 Direct. So was, we got a, was Layton revealed I in that Direct? I think so. Okay. Like a, a tease. And then, um, so yeah, now everything. So I don't think Level 5 released anything that they teased in that February 2023 direct. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Um, the uh, With Layton coming out in 2025, um, we uh, we know now, right, that uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming out in 2025, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that uh, it's interesting to start to get those dates on the calendar, right? I know, I yeah. I mean, not dates, but, like, release windows of, like, here are games coming out 2026. Like we've crossed whatever event horizon that is where it's like, yep. Games coming out in a little over a year are 2026. Five. Yes. Yeah. That's wait a minute. So yeah, 2025. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. I just jumped ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In a new documentary titled earthbound USA, 
Mother Series USA <laughs> Mother Series creator Shigesato Itoi discusses the possibility of a Mother 3 localization. Here we go. And IGN quotes Itoi as saying, I've talked about it with Nintendo before. Apparently they were presented with an offer to use the translation. I think it, I sorry. Editor's yeah. note. I think that's fan translation. I think Sure. I think they were uh um what he's saying is that Nintendo was presented with an opportunity to like use a fan translation as the official translation. Uh, How exactly can Nintendo be offered that? I don't know. I mean, this is goes back to the conversation we were having about the Knights of the Old Republic 2 um, deleted content, where it's like, that's fan-generated content. Anything that like someone created for it would presumably be the sole ownership of the person who created it. Uh, and how can you get the permission from everyone who worked on it in order to do that, especially when it's all like, you know, uh, uh, forum names and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I would assume the same is true of this fan translation. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I think that's what he's talking about okay. here. Okay. All right. So going back to the beginning. Yeah. I've talked about it with Nintendo before. Apparently, they are presented with the offer to use the translation, but they said it wasn't quite as simple as that. I think it'd be really interesting if they took up the offer. It'd be hard to make something like, say, an automobile with fans. But doing it with software, I believe there'd be a chance to make something that would be better than what the company could have made on their own. Which, first of all, that's interesting in and of itself. Yeah, that's an interesting, like, progressive idea of, like... But it's it's also, it's so progressive as to be almost anti-capitalist. Uh, and Nintendo is a, a, a capitalist company. Like, uh, I, it's, it's antithetical to what they do. Yeah. But it, it's, I think it's so interesting to hear a creator... Be like, yeah, actually, I think that if, like, with something like software, you could make something with fans that would be better that could be than yeah. could be made without yeah. fans. Which I mean is is just like true in the modding community, right? Like that's how because you'll just see like uh, mods and patches and stuff that are fan generated that just improve performance of the game, right? And to your point, it being like antithetical to capitalism, yeah. A lot of that times it's because it's a labor of love, for the love for these fans. Yes, you know they just really love this game. So they're going to spend their own time to translate it. Right. Even if it's not commercially viable, they're going to add the content from yes. KOTOR 2 back into the game because they just love it so much. Right. And that's something that you can do for free because you are not selling it. Yeah. Right. Um, and the only way that Nintendo would release these things would be if they were selling it. Yeah. Right. So like to then not pay for the work that's where everything gets like yeah so yeah it, you, we're we're saying the same thing there's another and then itoy finishes the uh his thought with a quote that i also really like usually when i'm done with something i'm done with it for good you can't give up on projects you were in the middle of but when you put an end to something it's best to just leave it alone the older you get the more stories there are for you i love that uh there's uh something that um, a, a, f a friend of mine used to say about uh, recording, like making music, um, that uh, there are no, there, when you're recording a song, there's no such thing as a completed recording, only an abandoned one. Um, that at some point you have to say, okay, that's it. We're not gonna, I'm, I'm not, we, you can always find more to change, more things to tweak. Uh, and at some point you just gotta be like, the, the way it is right now, it has to go and then we can move on and be done with it. Um, and I just like the idea that the older you get, the more stories there are for you. Like, yeah, just keep going. Keep pushing forward. Finally, in a video last week posted to his YouTube channel that was about user interfaces in games, Kirby and Smash Brothers creator Masahiro Sakurai 
mentions that during the development of the GameCube hardware, he suggested in, to Nintendo that they should add a scroll wheel to the GameCube controller. <laughs> all, all, all right, all right. The idea being that, <laughs> it'd, right, be, settle down. that it'd be a fast and efficient way to deal with menus and games or, say, easily choose a character from a large roster. Already teasing the idea that he's going to introduce the largest roster. <laughs> Nintendo obviously didn't end up going for this idea, but I think it's a pretty good one. Mark thinks it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, imagine just like a right. small, you know, like uh, where the bumpers are, just a small, like, wheel that you're turning to quickly go through menus. Oh, man, that wheel is going to get so grungy. <laughs> it's going to have little flakes That's of dead true. skin Could stuck you imagine, in there. Like, yeah. Could you imagine spinning it and yeah. just like Cheeto dust yep, you know, all escaping? Over yes, you're going to spill Pepsi in that thing for <laughs> sure. Um, it's, uh, it, it is interesting that like, <laughs> I also think it's funny that like Sakurai is like the king of menus. You uh -huh. know? <laughs> like, oh, it's so true. It's that he's, he's got so many menus and they're usually very stylish and fun to navigate, but like you got to navigate them. I just think that it's funny that he was like, I don't know, put a wheel on it <laughs> so you can do it faster. Uh, I do a, a little bit think that this is uh, what uh, eventually people uh, or you know, developers address with either touch screens or like the touchpad on the, the PlayStation 5 controller um, that there's just like a way to do like big motions or precise motions. Um, and yeah, I, I think between touch and gyro, like, we've gotten that sort of menu navigation down pretty pat. Also, this, finally, finally. Here's a real finally. The last one was fake. We'll be on our holiday release schedule when it happens. So just a reminder to set yourself a calendar event for the Super Mario Brothers Wonder Tetris 99 Maximus Cup yes. happening next week. So it kicks off Thursday, December 14th at 11 p.m. Pacific time and runs through Monday, December 18th. Right, so yes, make sure that you're doing that so you can get the Super Mario Brothers Wonder theme. Do we want to go over what our holiday schedule is? Sure. Um, so uh, next week we're putting out uh, one episode. The week following we're putting out one episode. Both those will be out on Tuesday. And then the week between Christmas and New Year's we are taking off. Um, so, uh, you know, you got us for now and for the, the Cardies and then a couple other episodes uh, going into the end of the year. But we will be back at the beginning of January with a bunch of new episodes and some of those we've recorded already and i gotta tell you we got there's some good content coming out here uh for you i'm really happy with what we've done mark are you yeah excited? i'm really excited yeah. uh it's good stuff excited to share with you all right mark let's close uh, this out all right that is going to do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society remember you should be in our discord uh, e uh email us or uh uh, e yeah, email us and we'll send you an invitation. Uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. <laughs>